Hello, this is AuthenticVoices.life, where finding meaning means finding who you are, through the authentic voice. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authentic Voices. This is Chris, your host. Now, today I want to talk about a topic. We're just going to take a break from our interview series, His Story, My Story. Today I want to talk about a topic that I preached on church not long ago, and the topic is actually called Voice of the Reconciled Ones. I want to talk about the topic of reconciliation. It's a big topic today, and one in which the nations are wrestling with, as, as every nation right now is gripped by protests about the subject of racism and division. So... As I, after I got asked to preach this word, and, and as I, after my pastor asked me, could I please preach a word at message uh, at church, I went before the Lord and I just said, Lord, I don't want to come to you with any preconceived ideas. I don't have any um, things that I want to interpret here. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to ask. I'm going to come to you as a blank slate. You speak, you show me, Lord, whatever it is that you want me to see. And I, uh, as I said, I don't want to put any preconceived ideas. So I prayed this prayer as I was actually lying next to my wife in bed, as a matter of fact. And I, and not long after I prayed this prayer, the Lord took me into a vision. Now, what happened during this vision was that the Lord showed me standing in front of a valley of dried bones. And as I did, the Lord said, what do you see? And I watched as this huge mighty wind just came rushing in and caused this massive disruption. Suddenly there, was, there were bones were all in midair, and there were thousands of them. The Lord said, can you see what I see? And at this point, I looked. It looked as if it was in a sci-fi movie because it slowed right down. Like you would see in the movie, say, such as The Matrix. And this was an amazing thing. So I saw these bones in midair and I literally walked amongst these bones. And I watched and I looked. And these there was almost, almost like a 3D grid pattern. Um, I actually saw these bones were intention. They had an intention. They knew what they were connecting to. They knew what they were aligned for. They knew they had a purpose. They knew who they had to align with in the sense that the arm knew exactly what hand to go to. The leg knew exactly what hip to go to. And uh, I just was amazed as I watched and I looked upon this. And the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, he says, it looks chaotic, doesn't it? I said, yes, but the Lord, you're, the wind you're blowing is intentional, has a purpose. So many, you see, are being told everything is chaotic, everything is bleak, everything is bad. But the Lord was showing me, as the bones are coming together, it looks messy and it seems noisy, but it's following a design and a blueprint. So what he was basically showing me and what he was basically saying to me was he was saying, look at what's going on with my perspective. See that my spirit is moving in and amongst what is happening right now. Even amongst the areas where there's been rights. For example, the car the, the exact spot, rather, not far from the spot where that poor guy, the um the African American man, George Floyd, was sadly murdered. Terrible outrage broke out after that. But there are also other incidences of, you know, the Spirit of God was moving. There were incidences where you actually saw um, people being baptized, people coming to Jesus. I saw other epi- uh, episodes where there was people, you know, policemen uh, asking for forgiveness, and people were actually embracing. And you know, there was actually African American and uh, and and you know, white people embracing. And you know, and it just sort of dawned on me, and it occurred to me, you know, that you know, in the body of Christ today, in the Church of Jesus Christ today, in the true remnant today. 
our hearts are longing, our hearts are wanting to align. So I want to talk about that. And basically, the thing that the key word that God gave me when I saw this was the word blueprint. And the blueprint is following an alignment. And so that has been a message that's come out through many speakers, many prophets, many um, notable people have been talking about the word alignment. And that's something that God has been showing me for a good two years now. But let's look at what it means to be reconciled to God. So I'm going to look up the scripture in my Bible, and that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's all about the ministry of reconciliation. And I'm going to start it from verse 15. And Paul writes, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Interesting. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. But we have to embrace that new. Amen. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling to the, the world to himself in Christ. Amen. That is a powerful, powerful statement. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us. Wonderful, wonderful passage of scripture. And something that I really, really am just so blessed by just reading now even online with you as I do this recording. So I just want to make a point. Reconciliation is alignment. You see, I'm no accountant, but if you forgive me for using the analogy, you understand when you use financial books, they need to be reconciled. It simply means all your outgoings, all your incomings align, or you balance your books, as sometimes said. It commonly used to be said for people who use um, checks, which I think some people in America still do, balance your checkbooks. You see, each and every one of us, each and every one of us, regardless of our race, regardless of our language, regardless of our nation, we all had a debt which could not be paid. Matthew 18, 23 to 28. Justice needed to be done. So Jesus said, I will take the pain. I will take the punishment. So his precious blood paid the debt. His precious blood paid the debt. And if we come into forgiveness and repentance, which is actually a beautiful word. You see, in the Greek, the word means metanoia, which means to change the way think in broad terms. It also means by the power of the blood, we can come into a new way of living. We don't have to live as chained slaves to sin. We don't have to be bound by the old nature. We can come into a new way of living through Christ. But it's our choice. You see, the early church were called the people of the way, for they knew Jesus was the new and living way. That is, the fire of Romans 12 verse 1 tells us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. He does the transforming and not us. Yes, it is a process that comes from the renewing of the word in us. 
We spend time with the Word. We pray. We spend time with our Lord. But He, the Holy Spirit, if we're fully yielded to Him, He does the transforming, not us. It is a process. But the power of the Spirit, empowered by the blood, is there to give us a choice to live in victory. You see, because now we are in alignment. And it's our agreement with the Word. When we come into agreement with the Word of God, which brings our soul into alignment. I mean, you actually look at the Psalms and you look at how often David, the psalmist, would say, hope thou in God, or why art thou down, O my soul? Quite often he would speak truth to his soul. So his soul would come back into the alignment of the truth of the word of God. Amen. And that is a powerful thing. So aligned means we are reconciled. The debt has been paid. Jesus intercedes for us in heaven that it is finished. And we know the accuser will hear the judgment when rendered. When we come into the, his forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness and the power of repentance, and it is such that the devil will hear from God as judge, not guilty by reason of the blood of my son. Hebrew tells us the blood speaks of better things. And Revelations 12 verse 11 says, We overcome him, the devil, by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb rather, and the word of our testimony. Forgive me for misquoting scripture there. The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And it says, and we love not our lives unto death. In other words, we're so in love with Jesus, we're so in first love with Jesus, that all we all that matters to us is knowing him. Nothing else matters more than that. The other thing that the Lord showed me was right after Pentecost, the hearts of the believers came with one voice. Let's look up Acts chapter 2 and let's just go through that together. And I will just unpack a little bit for you of what I believe the Lord showed me, and that was in the book of Acts, it was the first manifestation of alignment and reconciliation. So I'm just going to Acts chapter 2. Yep, here we go, Acts chapter 2. So when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews. Key point, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't, these, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own languages? And so that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because they heard their own language being spoken. What do you suppose that was being spoken? The wonders of salvation. The wonders of salvation. The wonders of salvation. And we know they were speaking about repentance and salvation in their own languages. The people were hearing this in their own languages. How do we know that? Because not long after that, Paul the Apostle stands up and preaches a mighty sermon that brings 3,000 people to repentance. How amazing is that? So reconciliation and alignment are the same thing. We are aligned, we are reconciled because the debt has been paid. 
And so the other thing I just wanted to share was the, during a, a time of Pentecost recently, the Holy Spirit began to really give me a revelation and an understanding. You see, Jesus spent three years, didn't he, with his disciples. He spent so much time teaching them the parables, teaching them the kingdom of God, explaining to them exactly that what the kingdom of God, that it was within them, explaining to them, teaching them, showing them, demonstrating to them that the kingdom was not of this world. And that was a challenging topic for them to hear. That was a very challenging topic for them to hear. Why? Because they believed that when the Messiah would come, he would restore. He would restore the empire. He would restore the rulership. He would restore things like they had been for the kings, like in, in the book of Kings, and that he would restore. But his kingdom was not of this world. He was a king. He is a king. He is the returning king. But his kingdom is not of this world. So we see here the burning ones, the tongues of fire come upon them. The mighty wind caused a stir, didn't it? Who was it that tried to silence them? The religious leaders. I once heard a quote from Paul Cain not long ago, actually. He preached on it about oh, in the 90s, and he says, the greatest resistance to any new move of God is the old move of God. Moving on. So who is it that is going to silence the voice that needs to be heard today? Anyone who is aligned with the spirit of this world is an antichrist spirit and will try to silence any authentic voice of reconciliation around the cross of Jesus Christ and the cry of repentance from his heart. Because the only change the world truly needs today is the change of a transformed heart, which has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and this is what we proclaim as redeemed sons and daughters of the living God. We are not destined to be the voice of media, even though we may have a place in it. I believe I'm called to be in media. We are not destined to be the voice of politics, even though good Christian men and women serve in public office and praise God for them. Yes, we can influence any facet of society through knowing who we are as sons and daughters of the living God. But we are, not to cause to, we are not called to be a voice for anything except to be called the voice of the reconciled ones. You see, we are ambassadors of heaven. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are called to align with the Father's heart and be aligned with his word. We are called to unify around the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world. The Lord recently said to me, he said, son, be careful who you align with. Only align with those who are aligned with my heart. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 18, we see Paul talk about how the dividing wall of hostility has been removed by the blood of Christ. We, saw that we see that Paul talks about the Jews and the Gentiles now being one. We see that Paul talks about one new man. So we see here that God's blueprint for reconciliation is around one new man. When we align, when we unite, we come together in first love. And when we do, suddenly there is healing. Suddenly there is forgiveness. And suddenly there is breakthrough. And that is what I believe what happened at Pentecost. They prepared their hearts. They became of one accord. They become one accord. They become of one accord in the kingdom 
They recognised the kingdom that they needed to align with was not of this world. They recognised that nothing else mattered, that they would be one. Don't you think that it's possible that right after Jesus rose from the dead and they're listening to their risen saviour and they're listening to his heart and they're listening to what he says, don't you think it would have dawned on them? Don't you think it would have just um, just blew them away? You know, he prayed a prayer. He prayed a prayer in John chapter 17, verse 20 to the end of the chapter. Father, let them be one as you and I are one. And now here we have the risen Savior. Here we have the resurrected Lord teaching, spending time with the disciples after he rose from the grave, getting them ready to go to Pentecost so that they could let go of all the man-made traditions, so they could let go of all of their own preconceived ideas, so they could prepare their hearts to come into understanding that the kingdom of God needed to be birthed from within them. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God needed to be birthed from within them. In 2015, the Lord showed me that we must align together. Now, this is the part for Australian audience. We must align together with our Aboriginal Christian brothers and sisters. We need to be reconciled through the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe that when we do that, when we understand that, when we come into alignment, when we come into reconciliation through the cross, when we come into the forgiveness that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, because, you know, when you're full of hurt and trauma and you are just been through so much, you know, it's only the love of God. It's only the love of God that can heal you of that kind of trauma. It's only the love of God that's going to bring about that kind of forgiveness, you know, because we need to stand together as one. We need to stand together as one in this country. And I'm going to say in any country where there's been First Nations people, God is doing a special thing. God is doing a special thing in Australia with First Nations people as well. God does not want us to be tethered to our past or to be defined by it. We are to be defined by the culture of heaven. So when I say we need to be united together, we need to be aligned together, we need to come into the reconciliation of the cross, I'm talking about being defined by the culture of heaven, which first and foremost functions around honour. That's right. Honour. Absolutely. First and foremost, honour. If you really love someone, you will bring honor to them. If we really honor the Lord, we will we will bring love to them. We will honor them. If you think about it, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or as I like to say it, we honor your name. And you haven't really honored God if you're not obeying his word and you're not obeying his commandments and you're not doing what it says in his word. If you're struggling with different things, the Holy Spirit's going to help you. But you've got to make that choice. Amen. You've got to make that choice. You've got to have that resolve in your heart. You know, so honor and love to the Lord are the same thing. If you truly love him, you'll honor him. If you're honoring him, you'll obey his word. That's the same thing. So honoring each other, honoring each other and loving each other to God are the same thing. You can't really say you're loving your brother and your sister if you don't honor them. You don't always have to honor their behavior. You don't always have to honor what they're saying or doing, but you can still honor their value. You can still honor the fact that they're made in the image of God. 
And regardless of their being an enemy, regardless of how they're being towards you, you can respond as a son and daughter of the living God. Not easy, but definitely possible by having that resolve in your heart, by making that choice in your heart to walk in love and forgiveness. You know, and the Holy Spirit's going to help us. Amen. The Holy Spirit's going to help us. Everything about what the disciples became in Acts of Pentecost was to come into one accord. As I said earlier, the Lord taught them to prepare for the Holy Spirit to come. You see, he spent many days, many weeks, many hours, many years, as I said earlier, teaching that the kingdom of God was not of this world. So they had to choose whether they would unite around this and not their own ways, not the old ways of religions. Everything they thought they knew about God, the kingdom of Israel, was challenged by the Lord Jesus Christ in the lead up to Pentecost. They were uniting around the resurrection life for Jesus had shown them that he was the Passover lamb. You see, Passover had been their preparation, but Pentecost had become the manifestation of Jesus' prayer in John 17. So I need to express that's how important it was to him because he prayed this right before he was arrested, right before he was arrested. You see, he's already concluded. He's agonized. He's dropped sweats of blood. He's been in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, Father, please take this from me. Please take this from me. But then it lest not my will, but yours be done. So he was counting the joy before him, and he was realizing, he was understanding. He was praying a prayer. He was praying that we would be one, knowing that if he goes to the cross, knowing that the power of the blood by the Holy Spirit, could make this a reality if we just align our hearts, if we just come and we just allow him to embrace us, allow him to capture us, allow him to be our first love and make that decision. Yes, I'm going to align with you. Yes, I'm going to trust you. Yes, I'm going to take you at your word. Yes, I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And first and foremost, what he asks us to do, folks, is to be reconciled and to be forgiven and to also forgive others, to also walk in the reconciliation of forgiveness towards others, understanding that no matter what anyone does, no matter what anyone says, we can still choose to respond as a son or a daughter of God. We can still choose to respond, respond, not react. At Pentecost, they were becoming in one accord. They were becoming in one accord. And and around the power of the blood and the fire of Pentecost, came to testify to the reality that they were now one. They were now one as Jesus and the Father are one. In order for the Holy Spirit to fall with tongues of fire, they had to be willing to let go of anything man-made. Let me say one more time. In order for the Holy Spirit to fall with tongues of fire, they had to be willing to let go of anything man-made. Because you see, this was not the start of a man-made movement. This was the beginning of the culture of heaven invading earth and bringing earth into alignment. This was the beginning of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. The family of God on earth was birthed. As we came into the actual date recently, as celebrated by Messianic Jews, the Passover, which was not long ago, the Holy Spirit gave me a deep revelation. He said everything about what defined the disciples had to be given up, what they thought they knew about God, their culture, what had been built according to man-made tradition. The unity that was formed in them all came from their first love for their risen Saviour, 
for their risen Lord and Saviour. Nothing else mattered to them except the promise of the Holy Spirit. And if we look in the book of Revelation, we see in the seven churches that the church of Philadelphia had not fallen through their first, from their first love, but the church of Ephesus had. So when the Holy Spirit fell with tongues of fire, it consumed every part of them that was not of God. What was birthed out of them was the tongues of men. All nations were joined together, and everyone heard their own language being spoken. And no doubt this would have amazed them, as we talked about earlier. So there we'll be speaking. They were speaking with one language. One language. What I mean by one language? The Holy Spirit spoke one language for them to hear it in their own language. They were now in alignment with heaven, and they were now the voice of the reconciled ones. The enmity has been removed. The dividing wall of hostility has been removed in Christ. And the reality of that will not come until we surrender and allow him to transform our hearts. As we come into the reality of our true identity as sons and daughters through coming back to our first love, we will come into unity. We will come into the culture of the kingdom of heaven and we will be vessels of honor, bringing in the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. You see, healing comes when perfect love has cast out all fear because we are perfected in his love. When we are perfected in his love, it eliminates the need to always be right and instead empowers us to love others as Christ loves us. So the cry of the Lord's heart is, will you stand with me? Will you line with me? Will you come back to your first love? For you are ambassadors of heaven. You are not of this world or the man-made movements. You are sons and daughters birthed by my spirit. Will you surrender to me? Will you be part of my solution? Will you speak life? Will you be a light into this dark world? This is the time, this is the hour when the birth of one new man will arise. His message is to prepare my people, prepare, for I am coming back for a bride without spot and without blemish. For I am forming my body together in oneness, for, and I am calling the hidden ones who have been kept for such a time as this, who have never bowed the knee to Baal or kissed him, who have been set aside for such a time as this, to be my true voice to be a voice crying out in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, for I am coming with power, and I am coming with healing in my wings. Let every mountain be brought low. Let every valley be made high. 